Joe is back, so am I. That means only one thing. Inter has won the previous match. Two out of two. I think it's a it's a, fifth, it's a fifth year in a row that Inter wins two matches out of two, the first two. Uh, in a season in Serie A, we're all stoked about that. Joe, how are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? I'm amazing. Uh, Inter has won the match, uh, a, a historically difficult match back in uh, Sardinia. Uh, in, you know, we love Sardinia as a city, but we don't like Cagliari usually. The only thing about Cagliari that actually was amazing was Rajan Engolan. We took him and now we took the three points. How are you, my friend? How was the match and what are your, your thoughts on the fucking game well the match was brilliant especially the first half um i think that it really couldn't have gone any better in the first 45 minutes um taram taram is the first thing that comes to mind when i think about this match like the guy was a beast everything except a goal i mean i don't know what you thought of him but I was mesmerized by how he played. He was even better than I thought he would be. He he, he plays usually uh, like a fighter. fighter. His game is that good that the average game of his is still a good game in the books of Inter, considering the, the third and fourth option strikers that we've had in previous years. Yeah. Now we have a, a more rounded team, I think, but I'm mesmerized by uh, the options we have on the wings both the left yeah. side and the right side. Me Dumfries too. scoring in the game. What did you make of both Dumfries and uh, Turan playing on that side? Well, actually, they connected very well. In fact, he connected well. Turan connected well with both fullback, wingbacks very well. Um, I think that with Dumfries, he even said in the post-match that having Quadrado there as a threat, as a competition has made him much better. Um, uh, just, I mean, I, he had a bad season last year for most of it. I still think he's a quality defensive fullback slash wingback. But, I mean, he lacks the technical qualities that you would desire from that position. Um, now, I think that he's still very good defensively, but... To get a goal yesterday like that, I mean, it shows that he's been working on something and that he and Zaghi might have something in mind and the competition might be bringing the best out of him. What do you think? I completely agree with you, but I think we we need to cash in on him probably next season. Yes. He is not a type of player that I usually go for, but I would like to, uh, to play as a first fiddle in the team. I think he's a decent player, but nowhere near as good as we and need a right wing back to be, especially in a system that Inzaghi employs and a system that requires running all the fucking game up and down. And I think those positions, uh, the right and left wing back positions are the most important positions in a, in a three man defense, especially 
the, the last two coaches that, that we've had in Conte and uh, Inzaghi, the three-man position was such an important position. If you remember, like Conte was using and uh, was using the, the the players back then, and they were after the 60th minute they were tired as fuck, and we had no one on the bench to actually replace them, and I think we've had issues, and now the situation the situation has changed. We saw an amazing game by I think the team as a whole. Even the commentator here in the Balkans said that Inter usually plays like full front, but today or yesterday Inter played in like the third gear, not even uh, in full force. And we saw that. Yeah. We saw how easy it was to win the game. And Dumfries scored a really good goal with a lot of touch, with a lot of composure. And I really like uh, the, I like the game. But let's go from the beginning. Uh, what did you make of the lineup? Were there any surprises uh, on your side? And what did you make uh, toward? What did you make of the first goal that Lautaro scored? Uh, um, so there were no surprises in the lineup. It was as predicted in the papers. Um, I'm a little frustrated. I guess not frustrated is not the right word. We're two matches in, but a little disappointed maybe that Fortesi hasn't been integrated as much as I feel he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think, and I would argue Mkhitaryan was probably the worst player yesterday. Um, he was just not good on the pitch. Uh, his passing was off and when his passing is off, everything's off. Um, but, um, other than that, I like the lineup and Lautaro's goal, the composure, the composure on that was so nice. Um, and then the link up, of course, on the wing to get it started with DiMarco and Taram was excellent. It was a great team goal, but a fantastic finish by him. I was surprised by the composure that he has shown. I didn't think that he had that in himself because we've seen Lotaro being so wasteful. And I think the most chances that he wasted in the previous seasons were due to him, uh, his composure not being up to par and up to the level of the like the creme de la crop of, of strikers. We've seen someone like Kane, Lewandowski being as composed as they can be. Lautaro liked that. And I think that in the previous match and uh, in the match against Cagliari um, yesterday, he showed an amazing level of composure. And he seems to be developing um, this season and entering the season that he uh, will be as some would say, the peak of his career, because he came last season close to winning the Champions League with Inter, being the main striker, being the main player. And nowadays, and uh, throughout the season, he'll be the main, not only striker, but player, a captain. And I think everything, uh, if everything goes uh, up to plan, I think he'll have the the best season that he has had uh, in Inter's jersey so far. So the composure for the first goal was was a key. Later on, we saw a few chances, um, a post before the first goal was scored. I think DiMarco has uh, did uh, or passed the ball to to Lautaro in an amazing way with a lot of like a feather of a touch. And we saw an amazing goal by Lautaro. And then we go to the second goal scored by Dumfries. What did you make of that? Um, the second goal scored by Dumfries 
the pass from Taram was perfectly weighted. Um, just you couldn't have done it any better. And then Dumfries, I feel actually the finish was very nice, um, which isn't which isn't very typical from him. Um, I it's nice to see Dumfries score with his feet because frankly they're his worst asset at times. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, it, it I think that was. Which goal was first? Was it the Low Tower or the Dumfries one that was first? The Low Tower one. Low Tower one was first. Okay, um, but yeah, it was a great. It was a great cherry on the top. It it really made that half to get two goals in the first half. It killed it. It killed it. My bad. Uh, Low Tower's goal, goal was the second one. Dumfries was the okay. first one, and that's why I uh, I went back yes. to to Dump. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. I really like the goal that Dumfries scored, honestly, because he showed a side of himself that we haven't seen uh, in previous matches. Because I don't know why, but as you said at the beginning, it seems like he's playing better now that he has a competition and a player that's actually uh, competent to replace him as a right wing back. And I, I'm, I was just mesmerized by Dumfries because he he had an amazing game and i think although many people like him uh he, the bar considering his abilities is still low because it's still very low yeah yeah because physically he has everything that a player needs especially a wing back uh, he is um a dominant player for his size most wing backs are shorter and slimmer than he is so he has everything that he needs to uh, to have at least physically, to dominate that position. And I think this season we will see an Inter side that most often than not stayed the same. Uh, we kept the best players that we have uh, in our team and they're just upgrading the players or player by player and the bench for the season to come. I really liked the, the build-up play for Dumfries' goal. And I think overall we have showed in the previous two matches that Inter not, not only has the players dominate, but also has the the bench to be competent and everyone yes. can replace everyone basically. What I know that you, you said about Fratesi, but do you think that there might be a chance for Fratesi to, to start in the next few games, considering Mkhitaryan went out with an injury? Yeah, he got the knock. Um, yeah. And Zagi said he was in a lot of pain after the match. Um, I think if he's still in a lot of pain, obviously I think Fortese is the first choice to come in. Maybe Sensi, but I Sensi's never really been in Zagi's first choice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sensi's no one's first choice at the Inter, it seems. No. Um, they'd love to get rid of him if anyone offered anything. Um but I think certainly after the break, if Mkhitaryan returns from injury for this next match against Fiorentina, um, I think Fortesi will definitely get minutes. So that's one thing I'm happy about. And one thing I also want to say about this match was that I'm happy one thing I saw the most that we didn't see early last season, even though we picked up two matches, two wins at the beginning, the balance is right with this team. He has the defense okay. properly set. 
And that's what impresses me the most. I completely agree with you. The balance seems to be getting better and better as the games or as, as the the play-by-play, I would say. Because uh, the game-by-game, it's too early, by, but play-by-play, I think we have been showing even more flair than we usually do. Um, I like what I see from the team so far. The only thing that honestly surprised me um, in the game against Cagliari was a subtle thing, but I think it says more than we tend to see um, since he coming in instead of someone like um, Cristiano Aslani. Yeah. Do you think there's uh, there's an indication of what there's to be seen from Sensi? Do you think Sensi has a future at Inter or it's just um, what? what? What do you make of that situation? Do you think he doesn't it's start so Aslani or he... He doesn't play Aslani because of uh, flair, because of quality, or because of experience that Aslani lacks, maybe? It's a weird one. Um, I guess what I'd say on that is I think they are giving Sensi till January to prove hmm. himself. Um, that's something I read yesterday. I'm not sure if that was a report or not, but that's kind of how I feel. They're going to give him till January stay healthy show us what you can do but if you can't do that we'll consider our options if he does that because his contract ends at the end of the season maybe they consider an extension um but that's up to sensi um in terms of him and aslani i think they genuinely look at aslani as just a regista i think that's how inzaghi feels (laughs) and i think that's how those above in Zaghi feel. This guy is a regista and only a regista. He can't play at Metzala. He can't do anything like that. So it frustrates me because I think Sensi, or sorry, I think Aslani can play those positions. Um, what do you think? I I do agree with you, but instead of coming, uh, instead of using Sensi as a, as the last sub, I think the, in my opinion, he should have uh, moved. Chalhanoglu to uh, Mkhitaryan's position as yes. Chalhanoglu played the exact role last season when Brozovic was the was the regista in the team and just put Aslani as, as the regista because minutes like this are very valuable. We've seen that yeah. at least not, I don't think we've seen that at Inter, but we've seen that in many teams in Italy especially someone uh, like Juventus, Milan you know, they're integrating player by player younger and younger players as the season go on and last season we've seen Juventus integrating players in such way for like multiple talents not only one we've seen other teams integrating more and more young players and I think Inter needs to follow that trend because it's the trend of the future it's a trend because uh, because of that and I would have preferred to see Aslani as Honestly, I don't see a future with Sensi. I think Inter had, as we have seen recently, around 40 million euros to spend. And I think the the idea at the beginning of the transfer window was to sign Lukaku or someone like him. They were, or they wanted to, to spend around 25 to 30 million for Skamaka. But they had one big signing in their pockets. After yeah. signing 
someone like Arnautovic for 10 million, you have 30 million left or circa 30 million euros. And that amount of money was spent most probably on Benjamin Pavard, who, according to the latest reports and according to Fabrizio Romano, is very close to joining Inter. But Inter fans are, and fully, with, with every single right, they have, they will be critical <laughs> and uh, um, not sure whether the, the deal will go through. Do you agree with the sentiment that Inter had money for a big signing, for only one big signing, sorry? And do you like the investment of money in a centre-back that will most probably replace uh, Skriniar? Ooh, so it appears as though they've used the Onana money to get Zomer, uh, Onatovic, and Pavard. That's how they've kind of divided it. Um, yeah. I I like Arnautovic as a short-term option. He's only going to be here for two seasons. Um, they probably overpaid for him. Definitely overpaid for him. Um, Agreed. I, I think that he fills out your striking rotation nicely. Um, with that being said, the way I kind of look at this is the, the striker market is really bad um, in our price range. Um, it's not... There's no real, I mean, I guess you could say Skamaka was a perfect fit, but we kind of matched their offer and he still chose Atalanta. So, I mean, we could have given them the more of a resale percentage or something, but yeah, it, it, you, you got to let the market kind of dictate your strategy here. And the strategy, the, what it became clear was that you can get Pevard with the money, who's a top class, top class defender. But Skamaka is not a top-class striker yet. So I'm kind of happy with it from that perspective. And plus, Pavard is a fit. He's a natural fit in the system. I mean, he's going to, we discussed this last week, he's going to fit in like a, like a hand in a glove. I mean, he's going to love playing under Inzaghi. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? I do completely agree with you on that point. I think uh, signing Skamaka, I think, first of all, I think the, the transfer market for a striker is bloated and it's not realistic at the moment. We've yes. seen, although Kane was in the last year of his contract and although Kane is a world-class striker, paying a hundred plus million for someone in the last year of the contract is abysmal. And, and you he's like 32, have have, right? Yeah. He's in, in his 30s. He should be in his prime. Yeah. They sold, they gave out uh, Lewandowski and basically, basically replaced him with Kane, with a fully fit and fully motivated Harry Kane. Um, and I do agree with you that the market for strikers is so unrealistic at the moment. And I think the the final solution, at least for Inter next season, should be going for someone from a lesser market, someone within South America. Uh, as we did with Lautaro and going within Italy, although there might be some choice, if a player has a great season, this, his price will be higher than it needs to be, uh, higher than his realistic price and how much they're worth. So I think going in for someone like that and being smart is is the most important thing because 
we've seen now officially Korea left Inter. I think we spoke last last week, but it wasn't official as of yet. <laughs> uh, and talking about strikers, I think it's very um, much needed for us to 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 mention both Korea and uh, Sanchez are as their transfers are very much linked to each other, making. 12 million if uh, Olympic Marseille uh, gets the Champions League spot will be crucial for next season as that amount of money can cover. Yeah, then that amount of money can actually sign you a player of a decent caliber in uh, in South America. And I think that's the way to go for because the trend happening in South America is most strikers or most talent goes up north to the MLS and then from the MLS, they are shipped to, to Europe, mm-hmm. to various teams. We've seen someone like Thiago Almada, who's, what, attacking midfielder, striker, slash striker, going yeah, to, to Ajax, going to Ajax and using MLS as a stepping stone. So I think going back to the point that we were making is that, and to sum up basically, is that the striker options are very limited. I think I don't agree with signing uh, Arnautovic for 10 plus million. I don't think he's worth that much. But when you are put in a corner and when you need a striker that's experienced with a flair and as strong as he is, the options are limited. That can sign for you to be like the third option, fourth option. The options are limited. And I, I uh, I do agree with signing him. I just don't agree with the price. But as I tweeted a few days ago, um, someone mentioned like yeah, last year or a few years ago is that when you sign a player, no matter the price, if they're good, no one will ever mention the price in five-year time. But if he shit and he flops, then everyone will uh, use the price that you paid for him as an excuse as an uh, or as a as a fiddle to to use against yeah. uh, in any argument and what do you make of uh, now that's official what do you make of uh, sanchez and korea basically switching teams for the same salary I, I think it's great um especially if marseille qualify for the champions league it's even better um sanchez on a one-year deal to kind of piggyback on what you said it allows you to go to south america next year and replace him yep. with another with a younger striker. Um, you just kind of put it back a year. Um, he's on a low wage this time. Um, he's on only two point five million, I think, maybe three. Yeah, uh, two point five three, I think. Yeah, so it's much more manageable than last time. Um, and Zaki said he's not exactly fit yet, but he's getting there. Um, and we'll see. I, I think I'm very hopeful. He scored eighteen goals last year for Marseille. So it's not like he wasn't productive. So we'll see. He was very much productive. And I think replacing someone like Correa with Sanchez is an improvement, no matter the age. Mm-hmm. I think on face value, you'll have someone like Sanchez that will be fit in more occasions than Correa was in the last two seasons. And overall, a better player. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed said in the chat, it's 2.5 million euros plus a bonus. Yes which is honestly an amazing deal and yes that that's something that inter does and marota does they do the unexpected they do what's the best for a team 
in the moment um and for the for the for the for the for the coach Mattia also says that <laughs> Sydney Korea was the biggest win of the Mercado and yeah. I think there's a real possibility of Marseille getting into the Champions League because their team is actually really good and hopefully Korea, Korea has a has a great season but honestly I have to say that we have showed lack of experience or lack of interest in a sense because we are selling players for less money that we actually bought them for you see Korea Gosens and it seems like although we are making money on transfers we are wasting them on wasted talent mm. or so players that doesn't do not fit at Inter what I would say on that is <laughs> oh we'll get to that um <laughs> But uh, what I'll say on that is Morata and Asilio over the last two to three Mercatos have nailed the small purchases, but they have completely fluffed the big ones. Gosens yeah. was a big purchase, completely uh, just didn't work. I guess you can count Lukaku was a big purchase, it didn't work. Um, and then, of course, Correa. So all the small purchases have overperformed, but all the big purchases have severely underperformed. So it's kind of put us in the position where we're in right now. Why do you think that's the case? Do, do you think there's any link between all those signings? And what's the common ground, let's say? I think Correa was a desperation signing because they wanted to sign Turam. And then Turam got hurt. So they yeah. made a panic move. With Gosens, I think that was genuinely bad luck. Um. Because I think he he was you could look at his numbers at Atalanta and he was great, he was he was sensational. Um, no one would have predicted he would it would have gone like this. Um, the fact that you got thirteen million guaranteed for him can be seen as kind of a win despite his form. Um, with Correa, that was just panicking and they shouldn't have made that move. That's a hundred percent on them. Um, but with Gosens, I just. I don't know what you could have done because everyone loved that move at the time. I loved it. Um, I just don't know what more could have been done. I think everyone did. I think um, when talking about Gosens, it's a combination of bad luck with injuries and also bad luck with DiMarco coming into form when Gosens was signed. Yeah, that's a big and factor. And no, no one could have predicted that because when uh, Gosens was signed, he would have been a first team player and a first option within the team, whatever he signed. And he was supposed to be at Inter, but DiMarco was an inform. Then the inform became a standard and an average. And he stayed as the first team player, as a first option. And it's a combination of bad luck, but I do, I do agree with you um, for every single point that you've made, because at the end of the day, I think Marota and Auxilio work best when they're put against, up, up against the wall. When they have no options, they sign a fluff player. And it seems like a fluff, but it's it's not a fluff. And then tend to go for the cheaper player that will produce so much more than signing someone uh, more expensive. And at the end of the day, I, I like how they work. Uh, um, I don't want I you to, to become 
Yeah, I don't want Inter to become someone that spends a hundred plus million on a player, because although that sounds like an amazing deal, I think those teams tend to tend to fluctuate between signings, and you'll hit one, but you lose three of them. We've seen with Atletico Madrid and Simona, you know, selling Griezmann, then signing uh, Joao Felix to replace him, and Joao Felix has been a bust so far. It's been horrible. Yeah, they can't find anyone to pick him up even alone. And I think the same problem uh, could have happened at Inter if we spent, I don't know, 40 million on someone that's not experienced. But I do agree with their um, philosophy for this Mercado. We've seen someone like Pavar go for 32 million. And although in the last year of, of his agreement, I think signing him, first of all, he's a perfect place, uh, replacement for Skriniar. He's a perfect player for the system. And he's a World Cup winner, a Champions League winner with Bayern. And he was incremental in both of those terms and teams. So signing him uh, is something that we actually... I desperately need, honestly. And I'll just share, if I can, yep. I'll share a photo of Pavar with Zilio that Fede Nerazura tweeted. Are you excited for the signing of Pavar? Because I think the episode needs to be mostly about the match uh, that happened yesterday, but also signing of the best player of the window and the most anticipated one yes he i'm ecstatic for the signing of pavard absolutely over the moon um i i really couldn't be happier i think he's he's gonna fit in i wanted i want him to start at fiorentina honestly that's how excited i am i can't wait for that match if he if they can give him the start then um and that's not knocking darmian at all i think he could make darmian better too but no there's cecilia um but i think that it's a perfect, perfect move. Do you think yeah, you could have with, signed anyone? I agree with Inter. Go on, Hurso. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go on. I was just going to say, I agree with the comment. Eight out of ten Mercanto. That would, that's probably what it would be for me right now if it ends this way. What would make, what would make you go higher, give a higher grade than eight? Hmm... I guess if you sign, and I know people, there are a lot of Sensi lovers out there, but I guess if you sign a replacement for Sensi, or perhaps a younger keeper than Summer, who's like someone like a Bento um, from Brazil, who we were after for a while, um, if you signed him to back up Summer, that's a 9 10 Mercato. Um, back, up, back up to Jan Summer. Yeah, because you need someone. That's what their original plan was. The original plan was to sign both Trubin and Sommer. And oh, okay. Yeah, so you need to kind of give the younger guy experience, and then next year and the year after, you would come in and start. Right now, without Darrow, it just kind of looks like you have it's a stopgap. So you need something for the future. Sommer's thirty-four. I mean, we'll see how long he goes. I have hope for Sommer. I have no criticism of Sommer. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, but, the save yesterday. Yes, yes, so good. that so un- that needs to be un- credited. Yeah, people need to note that people who are hating on Summer on Twitter and you know who you are, people. 
Um, name them, you know, shame them. <laughs> no, you need you need to look at that save because that's not an easy save. He made it look easy. He made it look very easy, and he prevented a lot of stress at the end of that match. Uh, I completely agree with you. Do is yeah. I mean, I do agree with you about the Trubin situation, but I think that's not something that would turn the eight into a nine because it's an eight for me as well. Fair I think enough. Yeah. It, I think the striker situation, although mm. uh, we have noted how bloated the transfer market has been so far uh, for throughout the summer, I think if we have signed like a top tier striker to pair up with Lautaro, it would have been, I think, a higher grade for me. I love the both of the options on the wing sides both on the right and on the left i i i like the situation with sensei because he's a low-cost option a player that's coming in uh from alone that wants to prove himself i know that he will train uh, a lot more and a lot harder than he has been in the past few years i think we did not need Samarjic for this summer. And although I like him as a signing, and all of us did, I think yeah. signing him would have been just out of spite for everyone else or someone else not signing him. Like, he would have been like the like five, fifth option. I mean, the thing is, it's a luxury move at that point. You're, yeah. you're basically saying, let's strengthen our strongest position. And while I see the logic behind that, you you got to get that right center back. You, you yep. didn't replace Skriniar at that point. And that's what makes Pavard a better signing than Samarzic, in my opinion. I completely agree with you. I think signing Samarzic would have been uh, a luxury move and a move that we cannot um, allow ourselves to make not no. uh, in this stage of, uh, of this. In a lot of ways, it's a blessing it fell through. I do agree with you, but it would hurt so much if he actually turns out to be an amazing uh an amazing player and he is going to turn out to be an amazing player by the way and that's that's the thing is that he's he's so talented that it concerns me that this guy is gonna we're gonna regret that a little bit but if pavar turns out to be great what can we say we wish him luck and we wish yep. Pavard a lot of luck because <laughs> I think uh, when we spoke to Dave, I think two episodes ago, we noted how important is it to have someone that you actually know and speak the language with in the team. And now I do like the idea of signing uh, players from the Bundesliga because we've signed, what, three players now? Turam, Pavar, and Sommer. And Sommer, yeah. And they have someone to talk to, to integrate within the team. And although we have someone like Turam who speaks both German and Italian, I think that will be incremental into having Sommer and Pavard being integrated in, within the team much quicker than they would have been without him. And, well, yeah. Go on. No, I was just going to say uh, that with uh, Turam... Um, he also plays for the French national team. So him and Pavard have that link. And him and Summer played at Gladbach for like three, four oh, years. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. I think, so yeah. he has several links. That's a good point. 
that's a good point uh i never thought about those things but yeah that's a good point and having those i think will help uh them get integrated within the team easily or more easily than otherwise and that's something that not many people have um pointed out and said and i think that will be incremental within the season because i think today uh it's the last game of uh of the Champions League qualification round, and we have um, draws on Thursday. Yeah, right? we, yeah, we have Galatasaray going through with Icardi scoring a goal today. So oh, lovely, <laughs> blessings. Yes. Yeah, uh, this we have a few days more for the Mercato. Do you expect something to happen in the last few days, or do you think this is the final team? The only thing that's going to happen at this point is Agume will be loaned to someone. That's it. Um, he's the last. He's the last piece of dead deadwood in the squad, um, and that's the only move I expect. I think it's done. I think the squad looks good. Yeah. No wins, no no out. Just Agume. Yeah, that's it. Do you think he's living? He was with the squad yesterday. But I think they want him gone. They would really like him gone. Um, with the loan with an option, if someone gets desperate, that'd be great. <laughs> I like him. I don't think... You yeah. like him? Okay. I, I, he just seems so, so composed on the ball when he carries the ball out of the midfield. And I think that's, that's a quality in a young player that cannot be taught, that cannot be learned. And I don't know why he... He has not pan out for any single club that he has been um, loaned to. It's a curse that follows interest young players. Um, do you think? Do you think? Uh, as a last question, do you think we have improved the the attack? Because I've seen, I've seen few opinions and uh, thoughts on Twitter of various people on the topic. Do you think our attack this season is better than? last season with Lukaku and Dzeko? I think this is a tough one, um, but I, I would say it stayed the same in terms of quality. Now, whether that's good enough for a Scudetto remains to be seen. Um, but I think in terms of quality, in terms of goals, because you've upgraded on Correa, you know, maybe you've downgraded from Dzeko to Arnautovic or Lukaku to Arnautovic, depending on how you look at that. Um, but Taram is a big get. Um, I said it at the time that I think my bet is that someone will in two to three years, and I hate to look at it this way, but someone's going to pick up that release clause he has in his contract of $95 million. I, I really believe that. Um, I think he's going to be that good for Inter. So, really? Yeah, I'd say it stayed about the same. Yes, I think so. I think so. This is a hot take, I would say. It is a hot take, yeah. I think someone's okay. going to pick up that option. That, that, that I, like, I like that opinion. And as we're closing out the episode, what do you make of Inter's next match against... We, we play Fiorentino, right? Yeah, Sunday. Fiorentino at home. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that match? What's your like thoughts, opinions, and final prediction? Well, Fiorentina are playing midweek. I just learned that yesterday. They had a first leg against Rapid Vienna last week that they lost in in Austria. 
So they've got work to do. Hmm. Um, So they're playing midweek. They have, um, they're going to be tired. Um, They blew their last match against Lecce pretty badly. They had a bad week last week, losing to Vienna, blowing the match against Lecce. He, his team, Italiano's team still has big defensive frailties, massive defensive frailties. And it looks like on top of that, they're about to lose Martinez Quarta to possibly Real Betis. So another center back gone. I think that they're both their starting center backs from last season are gone. So Malinkovic is still here. Yeah, Malinkovic is still there. Igor left. Igor left. And now Quarta, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so... That ruins the stability of your defense. I mean, I mean, Milinkovic is a solid defender, but nothing. I don't think he's. I think he's pretty overrated. Um. Uh. But yeah, I expect us to win. I got a four-two victory because I think Fiorentina will make it a little more difficult, a little more nervy than we expect. It'll be a bit of a track meet, but I'm reasonably confident. I like that. What do you think? I like the bull prediction. I think it's gonna be a win. I think they're frail in the in the um, in the back. I do agree with you about their defense. I think Milinkovic is overrated, and uh, by the time we play them, uh, the transfer window will be closed. The third, yeah. And Quarta, if Quarta leaves, that means they are in a big trouble. Signing someone to replace him is gonna be difficult because he, because he has been their best. I would say. Um, center back in the la- in yeah. last season, and them going to the match unprepared with a striker in Beltran who has not scored yet, and who seems like needs time to get integrated within the team with a, within the the system that Italiano employs. I think it's going to be a win, a three-one win or two-nil, but I'm sure that we'll win by two goals. Um, we should be back next week after the win and yeah thank you for joining me on on such a short notice i know we spoke yesterday agreed on everything with a bit of delay uh now it's it turned out to be a really decent episode with a lot of comments with a lot of positive feedback so thank you thank you everyone for joining us this week and hopefully we'll be back after a win against fiorentina See you guys. Bye.